Yo, 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 everybody. Welcome back inside the lunch table. Coming to you on a Friday episode. Me and my main guy, Jonathan Kath. How you doing today on this fine April Fool's, big man? Hanging in there. He is uh, battling through his uh, Thursday night, and we are going to roll on in, Kath. I'm going to get us started with two important <laughs> games we have uh, tonight in the college basketball Final Four is kicking off tomorrow. Um, I want to start us in the first game. We'll move over. We're going to go in order of the time slots right here. We're going to start with Villanova, Kansas, and we'll talk about the big game behind it. Kath, real quick, we do know that Villanova is down to a five-man rotation, had a, I want to say, a torn Achilles in their last game. Um, the Kansas Jayhawks coming into this game after, uh, let's say, a pretty good second half against Miami. Tell me um, expectations going into this game, winners and losers, maybe an X factor here and there, just an overall picture. Well, what saved them in Miami was their defense. Absolutely. Um, that's what – they couldn't get anything offensively working. They were in the first half, and then their defense was A-OK. Eh, I mean, it would – great in the first half. Uh, then they come out in the second half and Miami could not buy a basket uh, and, and everything was falling for Kansas. So I think with that, we, we already know what kind of team Kansas is. Uh, we, we know who, who their guys are. We know who they have. Um, I like Kansas in this game strictly because of what you said, though, five-man roster. We know in college basketball, I mean, in, in, in any sport, too, you need somebody that could come in and give you quality minutes just somebody, uh, at least one, at least one. Right, somebody, somebody come in and, and have one anymore. <laughs> but then again, though, I mean, man, we're here. We are. I mean, it's final four. So right, if, absolutely. If, you, if if you don't have it right now in the final four, um, you know, if your star player is not playing the whole time, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm also saying that we see that in the final four happen. Absolutely. Um, I but am. I do like I like Kansas in this game though. I'm not going to give him much pushback. I do agree with Kansas uh, or on the take with Kansas just because, like he said, um, it's it's so tough being this thin and, and Villanova is now paper thin. They do have some guys on the top line who can compete, and I don't think this game will get out of hand from them. But unfortunately, I don't think they have enough talent to stay as fresh as Kansas will stay in this game. Um, biggest concern with me with KU, um, David McCormack is a great offensive rebounder, great defensive rebounder. He's terrible in the pick and roll. Um, I don't think Villanova has enough to expose them in this matchup. I think the team they'll play in the championship game will. Uh, I think that's the biggest uh, weakness of Kansas. Unfortunately, like I said, I don't think it's enough to get them exposed against Villanova. Um, they'll win this game maybe four or five points. I think it'll stay tight. Um, big thing for me for KU is just uh, got to knock down your shots, man. It's really that simple. You've got enough shooters on the team. You've got to go guys that can go out and get their own. They just got to go out and get it. Um, the other thing that's really right. important for me for KU is um, I want to have a sense of direction going into this game. I don't want Bill Self just to tell everybody to go out there and do their thing. I want him to have like an order of operations. I want there to be some type of systematic scheme to how we score points instead of just uh, letting these guys go out there and figuring it out. I think he'll do that, and I think Kansas will find a way to win. Kath, this second game, um, first time in tournament history, you know all that garbage. I'm not even going to waste my time going through it. Um, Duke-UNC uh, rematch of Cameron Indoor a couple weeks ago. We know that. We remember that game. Tell me what you think this game will look like. Tell me why. Some expectations on both sides. Well, I, again, I, I said this two weeks ago, I think is what it was, or maybe just last week. Um, yeah, it was just last week. Duke already got through their toughest part of the season in terms of pressure. That last game at Cameron Indoor, Coach K's final game, I, I don't think pressure-wise anything will ever come close to that, even playing in the national championship. Um, Coach K is, is the GOAT. Obviously, you want the GOAT to ride out high, uh, on his last game indoor, uh, at indoor, Cameron indoor. So I think I like Duke in this game. Um, I also think, too, that UNC should not have won the game at Cameron indoor. Duke looked, looked like the better team the entire game. 
even even at, uh, even towards the end, they still look like the better team. Maybe I'm a little biased because they beat Tech, but I think this is the best team in the country left. Um, but also, though, this also isn't a North Carolina team that you just look over. And Absolutely. I think, too, that everybody kind of knows that as well. Um, but this is not just an NC team that you can just look over because of how dominant they have been throughout the tournament. And especially going back to that Baylor game, if Manic doesn't get ejected, that's <laughs> UNC wins by 30. Yeah, they would have you know, waxed like, them off the court. They would have waxed them off the court. And I really think that speaks to what Manic's value is. And coming into this game, he's a great absolutely. one to highlight. He's got to be his 20-point per game, 40% from behind the line shooter. And I think uh, he's not the one I worry about. The thing I worry about for UNC is guard play. Highlighted it to you guys um, going into the St. Peter's game. And um, unfortunately, I don't really think St. Peter's gave us as much as uh, they, they could have. You know, I think the run was over. I don't think Duke is in the same situation by any measure. Um, the thing I really like about UNC going into this one, Kath, is they're playing with house money right now. I don't think you, me, or them expect them to be this good, and they are just no. keeping the season alive. And uh, that's dangerous, man. When you start playing with the casino's money, you get dangerous. And unfortunately, that's what UNC is doing. Duke, by any measure, is not doing that. The pressure is to the max right now. Um, everyone from coast to coast is talking about Coach K's farewell tour. Um, I don't think I don't think losing to UNC is how these guys want their season to end. And that's that the most true, important thing for me. That is true. I like think I didn't if Duke even, I, can just if Duke can stay over the mental hurdle, and that's the biggest question because there's without a doubt neither me nor Cap will tell you Duke is not a better team on paper. They've got um, absolute ballers on this team. I think this is the best team in the country that's still playing, and that's I mean Kansas has got talent too, not as much as Duke's. Duke's top of the roster is absolutely phenomenal. Unfortunately. Uh, a lot more goes into basketball than just what's on paper. And one of the biggest things going into this game is, like I said, this UNC team is just playing with the casinos cash at this point, man. Uh, most of us didn't expect them to be Baylor. They got nothing to lose. Cash. Exactly, I mean, man. and, and Duke has everything free. to lose. And I just so, got to remember, UNC, this, their coach, this is his first real season, man. I mean, yeah. he had the expectations were so light, and that's why a lot of people were grilling them at the beginning of the year when they thought they weren't going to make the tournament. And the coach came out and said, guys, listen, we're figuring this out. Give us a little bit of time. And I still think that's the attitude right now. There, There's nothing but house money they're playing with. And unfortunately, I still don't think it'll be enough just because I think Duke is just that much talented. Uh, they you have know so, what's uh, crazy? Uh, let me hear it. Is – is before March in February, before the, the game uh, in Cameron Indoor, UNC was not even close to a tournament team. No, I, I like, think they were buried. I, I, don't, I don't even think that they were the last four in. Like, I, I genuinely, maybe they would have gotten it because of their name. Absolutely. I think it was name brand recognition alone, that USC crap we, we saw at the beginning of the season. I think that was what was going to stamp their ticket. Um, like but, nobody, said, but nobody had them nobody, in, their, nobody. in their bracket. So I, I, that's, I, I do agree with you on that, that UNC has absolutely nothing to lose and Duke's got everything to lose. And well, but, I told you right here on the show is that uh, you, the only reason why I picked UNC to beat Baylor was because I hate Baylor. It had nothing to do with UNC. And I think that goes from around the country. Right. It's like, it's just house money, man. It's just house money. Right. And I, so the, my last question to you before we move off, um, give me two players, one in each game, uh, your guy to watch, somebody that uh, our viewers can peel their eyes to during these games. Uh, I'll, give you, uh, I'll give you two of them uh, per, per game. Okay, I like uh, that. What you got? Well, let, let's throw it over to the, uh, the Kansas-Villanova uh, game. Uh, for Kansas, Remy Martin and Abaji. Uh, Abaji, like I said, I've said this all year, Abaji is one of the best players in the country, and he comes out every single week, and he continues to show why he's the 
as good as what he is. Uh, Remy Martin hadn't played all year, fresh legs. He's really good. Didn't have a great game against uh, – or last game, but he, that, uh, that's fine. He's good. Uh, Gillespie, <laughs> Gillespie for Villanova is also – Absolutely. Um, that has been forged he, in fire. He's been here before. Granted, he was a freshman, right. but still, he's been here before. Let's see. Uh, the Duke-North Carolina game, obviously, Manic for UNC – uh, I think he's their best player. We saw it I, with I Baylor. Agree. He was gone, and then bang. They came all the way that, back, man. They came rolling. Rolling. Well, you know what's, what's – uh, I, I said this, but I'm so serious. They would have beaten Baylor by third. Like, I'm so uh, – I think they so. They would have Manic was not missing. Manic got whatever he wanted. Like, Manic I, I, is no the playmaker. There's definitely the, the player to watch in terms of uh, – if if he's on, holy hell, UNC holy is going to be on. Holy moly. <laughs> uh, for Duke, obviously, Boncaro had that nice little step back uh, against Ooh. us that threw us Ooh. out, dropped 16 against Arkansas. I think he dropped like 20 or something against us, or maybe it was like 15 against us. Um, he's their best player by a, a large margin. <laughs> Roach is also really good, too. I like him. But, yeah, those are the players to watch. But, again, I don't think anybody has as much impact on a basketball game for their team as much as Manic does for UNC. And it, it, okay. Not even close. They will take – UNC will go as far as Manic takes. There's not enough guys, and this is not – this is a first-year head coach. It's it's not, oh, if this guy's not on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, now absolutely. They've, they've found ways to win whenever Manic, I guess, isn't necessarily just on, on. But, holy hell – He's not – he doesn't ever, like, take days off. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know? uh, and, honestly, I have like no – He dropped back. 19 again. He dropped 19 against St. Peter's, which, fine. St. Peter's was whatever. Okay, let's throw it they, back. They was the, the next one up. They was the next one up. And I really right. think, no, like I said, what, we when think about it. When I want to say Love won for 27 against Baylor in the second half, we were we were shocked when he did that. We haven't been shocked at what Maniac's done all tournament. This is what what is expected. I mean, this is this is what he does. I mean, I will I think... say, I will say, throw up to UCLA game. Uh, when I was watching this, I, I think he was like three for nine or three for ten or three for eleven, three for something uh, from three against UCLA. Um, but love their their guard play, their guard. Uh, what's his name? Not it's not R.J. Davis. Uh, it's Caleb Love. He dropped 30. So <laughs> that'll work too. But and anyways, you, I, I don't think Manic factor, has. Man. Yeah, Manic, Manic definitely needs to be on. It, yep, I'm going to give um, the names he didn't give you. Uh, my one for UNC uh, definitely could have gone with the guards. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Amar Baycott down low, the big guy. Um, really need him to deal with the other guy I'm going to give you in this game because I think uh, – what we see in the post will really determine what we see in the arc as well, because they've both these teams have some real big anchors down low. And the one for Duke is going to be Mark Williams. Um, yeah. I really do like what both these guys give me. Uh, I, I got 20 and 22 from Baycott against St. Peter's. And then Mark Williams has just been consistent all tournament. And uh, I really, I'm, I'm excited for this matchup. I actually do get a little bit of thrill in my stomach for guard or for big play down low. And I think this is a really good matchup. Like I said, uh, any, either one of these guys getting moved in a pick and roll will be fun to watch all game. I like to see, Duke's got, like Cav said, Duke's got good guards. So does UNC. So hopefully we'll get to see good pick and roll action in this one. On the other side, um, he hit the two big ones for uh, KU. Uh, I'm going to 
I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. I'm going to go with Christian Braun, maybe not somebody who jumps off your TV for you, but um, I think this guy is might stumble his way into a first round pick as a three and D dude. He can uh, brings a lot of energy to KU. And that's what I really so like. from him. Is, yeah. You think so? You don't like him? I don't like him. Hell no. I, don't like I think, him. I think he's a good three and D guy. I mean, I really think my favorite thing about him is he accepts his role on KU. Um, I don't that's like, him. I mean, there's so many stars on this team. It's so easy to get lost. I appreciate the fact that he's not up there jumping up and down. And, and I heard he's hands. a really good person too. Like it, it, it's all positive stuff. That's not why I don't like him. I don't know the guy. I I don't like I don't like how hit or miss he is, and I didn't. And that's fair, absolutely. Digress from last year, so uh, and now I won't push you back there either. I definitely think he was more impact. But uh, is it more he digressed or did the team get better? Well, because that's true because Abaji got way better. Yeah, because I think it might have be some of the guys around him anyway. That's it's, true. He and like I said, he's a he's one who brings just so much energy, and that's my thing. I think he doesn't mind standing in the corner when it's not his turn. Um, on Villanova, I'm gonna go uh, Jermaine Samuels. Um, I want to say it was uh, 16 and 10 against Houston, lead the uh, Villanova Wildcats in scoring. Uh, need it, need it, I <laughs> need every single one of those. Um, you were playing a damn good team over the weekend, so hopefully they give me everything and more. Like I said, I think these games will all be competitive. Um, Monday is the national championship game. We'll cover that, uh, obviously, with the recap from the weekend on our Monday episode. Kathy, you got any more final thoughts before we move off of these final four games? No, I got Kansas Duke going to um, the final. Honestly, I am not going to disagree with that, gentlemen. I'm going to lean the same way Duke and Kansas. Would not be surprised but, if UNC but, find I was a way to say, win. I wouldn't, find, I wouldn't be surprised if Villanova or UNC won. By the way, they're, bo- they're both at minus fours right now. So uh, minus four for Duke and minus four for KU. But that's all I got. I uh, am going to slide us over to the National Basketball Association, Kath. Last night, um, I watched uh, – I I really do hate regular season play. I come onto this show and I pound that drum (laughs) quite often about how terrible the regular season is. Um, Last night, I watched a playoff intensity level basketball game with plenty of anger coming from both sides, Kath. The Nets and Bucks went head-to-head. I got um, 14-14 – 44, 14, and 6 from Antetokounmpo. He was terrific. Kath, Chris Middleton got ejected in this game for something that um, I'm going to let our viewers will go make their own decision on. But it looked a little soft to me, man. It looked kind of like a basketball play. Bruce Brown invites mm-hmm. a lot of contact. And then Chris Middleton mm-hmm. goes up and gives the contact that Bruce Brown was looking for. And now, granted, uh, the refs decided to kick him out of this ball game. It is what it is. The Bucks kept moving. And when they kicked Chris Middleton out, I believe they were down nine points, Kath with about three minutes to go. And um, I had no faith in the Bucs at that point. When you're uh, down in the fourth quarter of the Brooklyn Nets, they're not usually a team that lets you come back. And Kath, the Bucs came storming, storming back in this game. Kath, Drew Holiday did not do it efficiently, but he hit a couple of clutch shots in this one that helped Anta Dekumbo. Anta Dekumbo made his free throws, Jonathan Kath. He made his free throws. I don't know what else yeah, you asked for him. And they found out a way to close out the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Kath, on the Brooklyn Nets side, um, this was a very awkward performance. Um, this was a very awkward performance. Um, the I got a lot from Bruce Brown, and I got a decent game from Seth Curry, but neither of the stars were on. Um, both Kyrie and KD were, um, Ky- I guess, Kyrie shot like shelf. straight. Nine for 22, Kath. He was nine yeah. for 22. And let me tell you, the issue I have with Kyrie in this, Kath, before I throw it over to you is, Coming down the clutch of this game, um, Kyrie hit. He he stood the hell out of KD's way. When KD was finding himself double teamed, he was going to Seth Curry because he couldn't find Kyrie. So I was just uh, – I was really disappointed what Kyrie gave me in the second half. And more importantly, the fourth quarter, the shots he were taking at the start of the fourth were incredibly tough. And I know you can hit them, but 
damn it, I wouldn't be objecting to an open layup every now and then. So, Kath, I'm going to throw this over to you. Tell me, uh, Kath, remember, Kath is favoring the Bucs to come out of the East. So this is a pretty big win for your Milwaukee Bucks. How are you feeling about this game, big man? Well, I think the Bucs – I didn't watch the game. I watched the highlights. I think the fact that Middleton didn't play in the fourth – or um, in, in stretch time. Last six minutes. He got ejected about six minutes to yeah. go. If he, I, I think the fact that he did not play the last six minutes of the basketball game showed you that this Bucks team obviously can win without Chris Middleton. And then we already know what Chris Middleton brings to the floor in playoff time. I mean, he's like a Absolutely. completely different player. I don't know. I I just – I'm trying to figure out, look at this box score. Where the hell is KD and Kyrie at? Like, I'm telling you, man. Like, I now get it, Kyrie. Kyrie, I mean, they dropped 25 and KD dropped 26, but they when you're going up against – Neither one of them. Neither no, yeah. one of them. Bruce, uh-uh. I'll tell you the reason why the Nets – and now, granted, the Bucks chased for basically this entire game. So, they, the Bucks took the lead about 21-19, and then the, uh, the Nets took over, and they led for the entire game going down to the clutch of the fourth quarter. And so, what happens is – Bruce Brown actually has to pick up slack in this game. And Bruce Brown was, damn it, Kathy, he was really good. He was really good. And what I really liked in this game was the fact that when Kyrie and KD, they were bad for the first three quarters. I think Kyrie had 18 at the end of the third and KD had 16. And it was just choppy. It was just choppy the whole time. And the thing I get, Kevin Durant, you are lethal. I'm not saying you aren't, no, no question about that. But over four people? Over four people like that, like that's just asking you to do a little much. And this was my issue in this game was uh, Milwaukee. He almost hit the shot, though. I mean, let's be honest. He almost. Well, the 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 one to end the game. Um, no, that was a great look. That was a KD look. Um, that was the same thing we saw in Game Seven. He just couldn't hit it. He just couldn't hit it. So I'm not. I'm not really upset about that. I got a feeling the next one will go in. But unfortunately, this game shouldn't have come down to that shot. It should. We shouldn't have been there. You should have closed this team out in the in regular time. But unfortunately, at the end of the fourth quarter. Katie, I get it. I get, and this is the thing that is so hard to say is because he's such a good scorer. You want him to take his shot, but somebody is open. Somebody is open, and unfortunately, it wasn't going in. And at some point, you have to address that. And they just let kept keep kept letting the Bucks nail and nail and nail away at this deficit until eventually they tied the game. And then we got into overtime. Hit me with it. What you got? Do you put this loss on the Nets more on the bad shot uh, shots that they were taking, or do you? Do you blame Steve Nash at all for this? Because um, so, I, let's, I mean, uh, let's be honest, because like I would say that a role as a coach is also to tell players, hey, you don't have it. He didn't draw right anything now. up. That's 110%. He, um, right. the, the last play of the, so they, uh, the last about a minute and 10 seconds of this game was single possession, very playoff like defense. Um, that was one thing I would give the Nets a pro on. Nets played really good defense in this game. I was happy for when I saw nobody can guard onto the Kumbo, and I think they accepted that pretty early. So I liked that. Um, the end of this game, though, my issue is the Nets did have a timeout. I get not calling timeout. Phil Jackson doesn't call timeout. Uh, Michael Jordan ends the Jazz. I get all that. Whatever. KD just came up and ran a simple isolation. There was no play called. There was no. There was no draw up. He didn't know what shot he was looking for. He just waved everybody out mm-hmm. the way. And unfortunately, Milwaukee didn't let him do that. They they sent three guys at him. And so the Steve Kerr point is good. What happens in overtime? My issue with Steve, Steve Kerr Nash. is or Steve Kerr, Steve Nash. Um, the big guys, Andre Drummond and Nick Claxton killed the Nets because they left them on the floor for too long. And now yeah. I get it that the Bucks play big. Bobby Portis is not a big man. Neither is Brooke Lopez. Neither one of those guys are taking <laughs> anybody down to the post. They're both hanging out on the three-point arc. You know that. 
You know that. Why are you leaving Andre Drummond in the game? Why are you leaving Nick, Nick Claxton and Andre Drummond average a 52% free throw shot? A, a, a 52, yeah, Claxton was 1-4. A, a, a 52% free throw shot. These guys can't buy free throws, man. They can't buy them. And now this is something to highlight when Ben Simmons comes back because you're going to add another person into that mix. But I don't want that headache one right six. now. They went 1-6 against the Bucks. But one of, one of Andre Drummond's free throws literally hit the side of the backboard. Yeah. His free uh-huh. throw. His free uh-huh. – oh, what the hell? And now the, – the other interesting thing that I want to talk about um, from this game that was circulating on Twitter, uh, Buck shot 34 three free throws and the Nets only shot 16. That's because the Nets didn't attack the paint. Ladies and gentlemen, Correct. you cannot blame the whistle when you don't want help from the whistle. And I think that was what's dominant in this game is Brooklyn didn't attack like that. Now, granted, there were a few times that they went down, whistle got a little soft or whatever, but it was not enough to change this game dramatically. Um, the thing that's – Well, let's – okay, but Brooklyn, let's, let's... – Let's also let's also take a step back here too because they've got listen. Giannis shot nineteen. Absolutely, uh, we, that's been the theme of the of the season all year. Has and, been and Giannis is going to attack. Mean, it wasn't like they were giving him soft calls either. He was dunking on people and getting and ones. I mean, it I'm wasn't saying. like and they, these weren't soft fouls or anything like that. He deserved all night. And now you can say Joel Embiid uh, uh, works for his free throws. Giannis doesn't want to go to the line. He can't make them. He doesn't want to go to the line. He's trying yeah. to dunk on you. And that was the theme with the Bucks all game. They, they weren't hunting free throws, I promise you. I Like, uh, like Andre Nakubo doesn't want to win the game at the free throw line. That, 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 that's not his intention. And now, if you right. want to talk about something that is terminal in this game, uh, if you look at the box score, highlight that total rebound number, um, what the hell? That is 16 boards ain't something to joke about. Like, the fact that the Bucks oh, clean you out right. by 16 boards, especially, and I just, well, I just knocked on. you 14 of them. Exactly. I just knocked on the 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 big men for the Bucks because Brooke Lopez had three rebounds. Now, granted, Bobby Porter's had nine, but it's not like these guys are cleaning you on. You let guards kill you. Drew Holiday had eight rebounds, Calf. Drew Holiday. Wesley Matthews had two boards. Grayson Allen is getting rebounds. Grayson Allen had five rebounds, Calf. Like that, that's just an effort thing for me. And now the issue I can't complain is because the defense showed up a little bit better than it had been, but you still gotta get rebounds, Calf. And so, honestly, if I'm looking away from this game, um, don't don't take it don't don't freak out about it. Chris Middleton didn't play. If you're a Bucks fan, I think this game would have gone even better. If you're a Nets fan, um, I don't think your guys will be that bad in the postseason. Um, I don't think nine no. for twenty two is the is the normal for Kyrie. So, Kev, I'm a rotator. I also don't. On. I, 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 I want to say this because I did see this on Twitter too. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I guess I they, I guess there were Bucks fans. They were like, "Oh, this is what's going to happen." Uh, you know, preview for the playoffs, yada, yada, yada. I would not bank on – let me tell you something. I would not bank on KD going 10 for 21 from the field and three for six behind the arc. I would not bank on Kyrie going nine for 22. <laughs> and a lot of it wasn't even defense. I thought it was bad shot taking, which I guess Absolutely. you could say for defense. But no, that's also – Kyrie was I, just jacking, man. <laughs> right. Right. KD was just yakking. And also, yeah, again, it's not like y'all just played incredible defense talking to Bucks fans. Y'all played great. Y'all played good defense, but not, I I don't know. I just wouldn't bank on Kyrie going nine for 22 again and four from nine behind the arc. I 110% agree. And especially um, in, especially, and then also, I also wouldn't put, give Claxton 24 minutes like he had. I'm sorry. (laughs) I ain't giving it to him. And I'm not giving it to him down. Either. Down the stretch. No, no, no. And But uh, that's one of the issues the Nets have to p- figure out is if KD is going to play center or if it's going to be James Johnson. If it's Who's going to close? What's the closing I think they've learned a lot from this. Let me tell you something. I, I think do, too. I, absolutely. 
Absolutely. I think Steve Nash has a lot of film to work with now. And like I said, everybody, you you had almost a complete squad outside of Ben Simmons. Right. Seth Curry played. And I think Seth Curry will get better as that ankle healed. You could tell he wasn't 100% in this game. And yeah. I think Seth Curry is, is definitely an ex, uh, a dark horse X factor for this Brooklyn Nets team. Um, the guy shoots 70% on catch and shoot cap. 70%. Like that is just absolutely insane. And so um, I think there's a uh, lots to learn on both sides from this one. They'll take it in as a grain of salt and move forward. Um, Kath, let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, we got to talk about what happened on the court. We got to talk about Doc Rivers post-conference, and we got to talk big picture because there's so much going on with Philadelphia right now. First, let's start on the court, Kath. Um, before we talk about the Philadelphia 76ers, um, I'm going to send an apology um, to Cade Cunningham. Um, Cade Cunningham, I ripped you 11 games ago. Um <laughs> since then you have been just damn straight phenomenal absolutely phenomenal he's averaging 21 points a game seven assists since i told him he was trash um my apologies Cade cunningham it's been you've gone duel to duel with kd you should have beat the nets a couple nights ago but kd was just a little bit better than you which is not your fault at all um shout out to you in this game uh what was it 27 6 and 2 uh found a way to win um dwayne casey was just tooting your horn kath let's talk about what matters um kath i want to start off with james harden um and so in the post-conference, Doc Rivers uh, was asked about the bench in this game. Kath, if you scroll to the bottom of the box score, you'll see the bench had a grand total of eight points in this game. Um, George Niang, Shake Milton, and DeAndre Jordan all chipped in a bucket themselves. Um, Doc Rivers was asked about the, the bench after the game, Kath. Um, he said uh, he was asked if the bench needed to give them more for this team to be successful. Kath, Doc Rivers' response was James Harden was the issue, not the bench. Yeah. James Harden was the issue, not the bench. And now, granted, I don't really have a problem with him saying that because it was true. Uh, I don't think I don't think he was lying about that. Kath, I want to get your reaction to what you've seen from the Sixers over this past couple of stretch. Talk to me about this game individually, and then talk to me about Doc Rivers calling out James Harden. What you think about that? Well, I am the confidence level of Philly dwindles by the day. Okay, uh, it just dwindles by the day. Embiid is obvious. Embiid is obviously the best player on the team. Oh, no doubt, uh, man. He was great in this no game doubt. too. He was great in this game. No, yeah, yeah, I, exactly. I didn't, I didn't I mean, give him was, his love, but y'all knew he was great. I didn't need to. Thirty-seven and fifteen. Shout out to that guy. Thirty-seven and fifteen uh, turnovers. Can't turn the ball over seven times, um, <laughs> Russell, especially <laughs> especially against teams uh, in the playoffs. But let me let me just take a step back here. Let me. And let me <laughs> Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden. Those are four starters for the 76ers that are all better than every single person <laughs> on the Detroit Pistons roster. And I almost wanted to add in Thibel, except Thibel can't hit a bucket. Thibel can't and hit the broadside of the barn K- right now, fam. He and obviously we've seen Kate Cunningham. He can't Cunningham rocks is- into the ocean, fam. <laughs> Kate Cunningham has been playing phenomenal. Listen, Thibault needs to figure out. He needs to figure out how to score more than five point eight points on the year. Okay, oh, but uh, but my thing with Thibault is he got torched by Kate Cunningham in exactly, this game. Exactly. If you're gonna bring the defense, you got to hold your guy. You got fifteen points in the fourth quarter. Damn it. Go ahead. Keep going. My bad. No, that was that was that was gonna be my point. You can't not score. <laughs> <laughs> you can't score four points in thirty two minutes. And get your ass roasted on the other end. Correct. And then get roasted on defense. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have no problem with Dybul playing 32 minutes. You neither, man. You need about Mainly because Tyrese, Joel, and James Harden are three phenomenal offensive players. So I don't have a problem with Dybul getting minutes. And I don't have a Bible with getting minutes and only dropping four points. I have a problem when he only drops four points and he lets Kate Cunningham go for 27. (laughs) He got roasted. And the other thing is, he had a game too. I mean, neither of these guys, they're the two best players for Detroit. Both of them had 20. So who are you you guarding, Bible? Who are you guarding? 
Right. I, listen, I, y'all already know how I feel about Detroit. This one pained me because I really want to see the 76ers do something. You know, part of me doesn't because I don't like James Harden as a person. I think he's <laughs> overrated. Uh, like as a person, me personally, I don't like him. I don't know him personally. Uh, but good Lord. And for Doc Rivers calling him out, good. He okay, shot like four. It? Listen, I like yes, he shot four for 15 from the field. Two Wait, for nine for 15, from three. Good. Two for nine, not good either. Those don't sound too good. Don't think oh, I'd be too happy if I was a six or figure that. <laughs> two for nine is not good when you are supposed to come here and make a difference in Philly, and you were the you were the quote unquote last missing piece for the 76ers roster to make a finals run and win a championship. You cannot, and I don't again, I'm I, I will say this every single day. I don't like putting a ton of of thought and 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 time into one regular season game. But holy hell, Absolutely. this is not this hasn't but listen, this has not been just one regular season game for uh for James Harden. His his last 10 game his last 10 games he's shooting 29 and a half percent from three. Yes, yes. under 30%. Means let me tell you James Harden is 20, not down 20, points listen, 22 not okay. two points, 22 points and nine assists. Yeah, is that good? Yeah, it's it's good for a B plus player. It's good for even an A minus player. It's good for somebody that gets paid 20 million a year. It's not good for <laughs> for an MVP cal, uh, caliber player. I'm sorry, it's not. All right, let me go out and let me have my turn. Um, James Harden, uh, I came onto the show at the beginning of this season and I asked you to return to Houston, James Harden. You've done it for a grand total of three games this entire season. I actually have those three games highlighted because all three games I watched. And I thought, damn it, James Harden is back. And I remember I remember flying home from Hawaii, and I watched you on Christmas Day. Uh, you torched somebody for, I want to say it was the Lakers, and you were absolutely sensational in that game, James Harden. You were phenomenal. You were Patty Mills. And since then, you have never been that good again. Never. Not once this season have you been that good again. You've been uh, Since you've been in Philadelphia, uh, there have been two performances that I grade you slightly above James Harden average. And that's the other thing that think guys got to remember. You cannot judge James Harden on any other scale but the James Harden scale. It's not fair. You can't just start saying, well, he's not what he used to be or whatever. Well, why is he getting $45 million a year? Right. Why, why, why is the expectation on this team to win a title now that they have James Harden if he's not what he was? And unfortunately, I'm tired of the excuses. I'm tired of the slack. Doc Rivers, go out there and grill his ass. Four for 15 is not acceptable. There is nobody in the league who is allowed to shoot four for 15. If KD goes four for – I mean, how we just got done ripping Kyrie for going nine for 22? It's yeah. not acceptable. And the, my thing with James Harden is the expectation continues to grow for this Philadelphia 76ers team. They're growing they're, – they're dwindling at this point. They're dwindling, and my fear is you cannot let your stock hit tip-top value at the trade deadline, at the trade deadline. And unfortunately, no. since the Sixers have moved farther and farther away from the trade deadline, all we've done is dump shares of this stock because all it's done is decline in value, and that's because that's not because of Joel Embiid by any measure. Joel Embiid had a four-game slump during this stretch. That's it. And even through those four games, he still averaged 22 points. So it wasn't really a true slump. He just got away from being MVP for a couple of games. Well, damn it, he's back. And he roasted the Pistons last night. He was he was phenomenal. And James Harden, you chose not to show up. And now there's another person that needs to be talked about on the Philadelphia 76ers team, and Cap didn't bring him up, and I'm going to grill this guy because, God bless, I hate this man so much. Um, the fact that they chose this man over Jimmy Butler every oh, single day, go. I ask myself why. 
I ask myself why. And now I don't even like Jimmy Butler that much, but damn it, Tobias Harris, you are a legalized bank robber. That's what you are. You are a legalized bank robber. The fact that they gave you a super max is super freaking stupid. That's what that is because the fact <laughs> you're, you're, you're a 15 yep. point a game guy, you're, you're terrible. You're a B. You're a B, maybe a B plus. And, bro, I'm so tired of you playing forward and not getting freaking rebounds, bro. Why the hell are you playing forward with five rebounds? Bro, you know what you are? Uh, you're Joel Embiid's bitch, man. There's no way around that. All he does, he walks you around on a leash up and down the court, and you create his space. He points out the corners hey. he wants you to stand in to give him space. That's it. It drives it, me. Let me hear it. What you got? Isn't it crazy that he makes more money than Joel does? Bro, oh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, bro? The fact, the fact, Tyrese Maxey in has been drafted, developed into the starting lineup, yes, and yep. gained more value over the time Tobias Harris has signed a supermax. He came into the league, broke onto the lineup, broke into the starting lineup, and then became better than Tobias Harris all over yep. about a six month process because that's what Tobias Harris is. He's absolutely average. And now I get James Harden deserves all the all the heat I've given him. But damn it, there are other people on this team who are not performing to the level they should. Thibault's a great one. Tobias Harris is another good one. And damn it, everyone on the bench is another one. George Niang is the most hit or miss guy in the NBA. This man is either absolutely phenomenal or he's absolutely garbage. And there's times where you think George Niang should start over Tobias Harris. And there's times you think George Niang should be playing in the G League. And it is it's, yeah. it's, it just blows my freaking mind. And till the, Why the hey, tell me something. Why the hell is Shake Milton getting 19 minutes? I don't know. It's and in bro, the 19 bro, minutes, you 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 only attempt what three shots? Fam, Danny Green is out here doing cardio. So is that? Yeah, no, he Danny like, Green. I is... mean, DeAndre Jordan, George Niang, George Niang had three points. That was the only stat he recorded in 15 minutes. Fam, like well, that. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. He, Doc Rivers, I think is right for calling out. James Harden. Harden, without a doubt, no protest. I do agree with that, but I also, I also would add in there, and we've been, we've said this for the last three weeks, ever since James Harden has been on the seventy six. All their depth, they have zero depth, none. They have no depth, none. And in and in times, and when you have somebody like James Harden, who has been so damn hit or miss, which by the way, all I've heard from James Harden's stands is, oh, once he gets out of Brooklyn, he's going to be back. Oh, once he gets out of Brooklyn, he's going to be MVP James. He's going to do – shut up, because he hasn't. He got out of Brooklyn, and he hasn't. He's had well, one or know, two he's, he's great phenomenal games. Now about one leave Philadelphia, too. So, I mean, it's just all – it's the forever-ending James Harden carousel. Man. My he question, thought, why can Joel and James Harden not go off to get – like, why can they not have two great games at well, the same but the time? The thing is the – thing, the thing I want you to understand is James Harden is not even shooting contested shots. Because it would I be know. different if James Harden. I know what, what Kyrie's issue was, and KD had the same issue in the Bucks game. Is they were getting double and triple teamed. But that's not James Harden. They can't double team you. They won't do it. They won't do it. Anytime James Harden comes out of the pick and roll with Joel Embiid, he has individual coverage every yep. single time. And the help defense is rotating down low. It's not even rotating to the top of the pick. Yep. You have no excuse not to be scoring at least twenty five points a game. Because my other thing is James Harden was the best pick and roll player in the NBA. If you go back just four or five seasons. And so you have now you are now running your comfort system offense. And now I get it. It's not as fast as Mike D'Antoni's system. It's still your comfort level. It's just what you turn the dial back and you probably enjoy it being a little bit slower in this older age. And so unfortunately for me, I just don't the excuse list for James Harden's not there for me, man. 
I mean, you're playing in the in your glorified system with the best big in basketball. Maybe not the best big in basketball. One of the best bigs in basketball. I just don't really have a lot of excuses for you. Kath, real quick, um, I got two, th- two people we got to give love to before we get out of here. The first one, the Chicago Bulls. Um, DeMar DeRozan went for 50 last night. Um, they beat the, the Clippers. Uh, I don't believe um, Paul George was as good as he was in the last game. I actually didn't watch this one. Um, you want to give any love to Chicago Bulls? I only brought it up because DeMar had 50, and if not, they would have called me a hypocrite on, so- on social media. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a bigger DeMar fan than what you are. Uh, I mean, any time we have an episode and we don't talk about the NBA, people or we do talk about the NBA, we don't talk about the Bulls. People always come ask me, "Oh, you don't want to talk about the Bulls because you hate the Bulls, huh?" I don't. We can't talk about everybody every episode. I I, I don't have forty eight hours on the show. Okay, <laughs> we, we got to pick and choose here. But here we go. Let's give the Bulls their spotlight. Cat Demar Derozan is it at fifty. Let's talk about him for a second. Uh, Demar dropped fifty, and he did it with only threes, which I think is the biggest. Like holy hell, holy that was a hell. that was a great yeah. game. Um, I also want to give a little bit of a shout out to Reggie Jackson over there dropping thirty four. Right? He's okay. still not done yet. This was a great overtime game. Um, the Bulls obviously are the better. They are, they are better than the Clippers are. I think so too. My stock in them has dropped. I mean, it just continues <laughs> to drop as well. It's not like I, I get it. It's a win. It's cool. Like. But you shouldn't take this Clippers team into into overtime in Chicago. I get it. Regular season, fine, okay. Um, but uh, they again, let everybody eat on the Clippers too. Now, granted, the Clippers let everybody eat on the Bulls. There was no real defense in this game. But damn it, Chicago, you could have guarded. Even Zubac had double digits. <laughs> Batoon had seventeen. More is at twenty now. And uh, the reason yeah. why I hate talking about the Bulls, Kath, I just don't have anything nice to say, man. I mean, Zach Levine is hurt. Vucevic can't guard anybody. Uh, shout out to DeMar for giving us 50. That was nice to see. Um, Lonzo still not back for this team. And, I mean, I, I want to say something positive. Yeah, I'm proud of DeMar DeRozan, Kath. I'm proud of DeMar DeRozan. You know, um, DeMar, I mean, took the, a lot of flock in the offseason. A lot of people call him yeah. a bad free agency signing. And he's been damn good this season. He's been oh, yeah, damn he's, good. Averaging, he had, he's averaging 28. I mean, ex- I mean, right. His, his, <laughs> his last 10, he's at is 27.9. Let me tell you so guys, Zach Levine, so. and this is going to be the issue with DeMar DeRozan. And we saw it two weeks ago as he went into a little bit of a shooting slump. DeMar DeRozan's going to run out of gas, guys. Um, nobody 100%. on the Chicago Bulls is helping him out. Um, I think that's why a lot of people gave DeMar DeRozan st- stink the past couple of weeks because the shooting number dropped a little bit. Guys, he's doing everything. He's all they have. Yeah. And now I get you can say what you want about Levine, but Levine is not 100%. Damn it, Kath. I would say he's probably around 70%. And that's my issue with the Bulls. They're going to have to play one of the top four seeds in the East in the first round, Kath, because right now they are the five seed. Um, Hopefully they don't get fetched by Toronto. Toronto is playing a little bit of uh, good basketball right now. Um, Shout out to DeMar DeRozan. I'm glad he got 50 um, for the Chicago Bulls. Y'all want the uh, regular season to go on as long as possible because it's not going to be fun when the postseason comes. Kath, the Utah Jazz got back on track last night. Well, I don't know if you want to say back on track. They beat the Lakers without LeBron. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess they, they they won a basketball game, I guess you could say. Rudy Gobert came back at 25-17. Kath, let's talk. I don't want to talk about this game because I don't want to do that to the Lakers. They don't deserve it. Um, let's talk about uh, the Western Conference big picture right here. I want to talk about 4, 5, and 6. I want to get your in- opinion on how you think 4, 5, and 6. Oh, hell, we can throw 3 in it, too. Let's do 3, 4, 5, and 6. Tell me who you think will end up where. Right now, it's only two-game gap between the 16th or the 6th seed and the three seed Mavs. So tell me how you think three, four, five is going to end in the Western Conference. 
Well, first off, Russell Westbrook finished minus 19 yesterday. <laughs> Damn it, Cass. I said we weren't going to talk about them. Don't beat him up. <laughs> don't. We all know he sucks, okay? We don't got to hear it again. Uh, I think uh, – so here's – here's. I'm going to give you my – the one through six. of uh, Obviously, Phoenix Absolutely. Is, Let me hear. Phoenix is going to finish one, and uh, Memphis is going to finish two. Obviously. Shout out to both those teams. Great regular seasons. They've been doing their things. I love Memphis. I, I'm, Memphis is my favorite team in the NBA. I'm so serious. I love, I love everything. <laughs> you can't hate Memphis. them, man. You can't. They have way too much fun. No. Uh, so, I, I obviously, like I said, Phoenix one, Memphis two. Uh, uh, Dallas three. Now, this is going to shock you right here. This is, is going to shock you. Uh, I think Denver is going to finish four, Golden State five, and then Utah six. Okay. So I, I'm not I'm not as confident in Golden State's. Um, they have I, I mean they play the Jazz uh, tomorrow, then they got the Kings, they've got the Lakers, they've got the Spurs, they've got the Pelicans. I don't I, I don't know if they beat the Pelicans in the last game of the season. They Pelicans should beat the Lakers. They should beat it. the Kings. Uh, and I'm not 100 percent sure if the Spurs if they're going to beat the Spurs either. Spurs shout out to too. shout out to San Antonio. Yeah, I know because we just climbed back into the plan. Yes, sir. Uh, after the shout Lakers lost. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but that's I, but I also think too that Golden State could finish four. I, I think it could finish exactly how it is right now. Absolutely. Well. So I go. I I, I just re- I really like Denver. Obviously, uh, Jokic. I love Jokic. <laughs> so no pushback there. So my thing um, when we talk, so he's uh, one and two is not going to move. He's right about that. Those seeds are locked into place, right, as they are. Um, both Memphis and Phoenix have played really good basketball coming down the stretch, get, going into the postseason, exactly what you could ask for from good teams. John Morant seems to be healthy back on the court. Love that for Memphis. Three, four, five, six, well, hell, seven, eight, nine, ten. All of this crap is still up for games. Um, I do think the Mavs are the next hottest team in the Western Conference right now behind the, the Phoenix Suns and the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, they've been playing absolutely phenomenal basketball. Luka is phenomenal. Um, if you look outside of three, the rest of these teams, I think, are very viable for movement. Um, like Cav said, I don't know where four, five, and six will end up. It could stay the way it is. It could give me a little bit of fluidity. I think what's going to happen is I think Utah is going to absolutely jump Golden State only because they're going to play head-to-head and Utah is going to beat Golden State head-to-head. Um, mm, unfortunately, okay. I don't I don't think the Nuggets – the Nuggets are currently two games back of the Warriors. Only a, They're tied with um, Utah on ranking. They close at the Timberwolves, the Lakers, the Spurs, the Grizzlies, and then the Lakers again. Um, the bad news is, is I think LeBron will probably play the last game of the season as he chases scoring champ. Um, the, oh, speaking of scoring champ, one update for you guys on that LeBron did just drop on the game measure. So he's going to have to play at least two more games before the end of the regular season. I think he will do so. I think he yeah. will do so. Um, with that being said, I don't think it'll be the first Nuggets game. I think the Nuggets will get the bad Lakers to beat. And then the Spurs and Grizzlies, both those games, Memphis is not resting anybody. They're going to win as many regular season games as they can uh, all the way down the stretch here. I think, I think Utah is going to come up just enough where they jump Golden State. I think Golden State will hold above Denver, though. I don't think Denver will have enough wins in them to hop Golden State, close the two-game gap. Um yep. Seven through ten, Kath. Um, the only one I think Kath really cares about are the Spurs, just because that's his team. I don't give a damn about any of these teams. Um, the only team I'll tell you to watch out for coming out of the play-in is the uh, is the Clippers. If Paul George yes. can get back to healthy, they have a uh, the system of three and D uh, works phenomenally in the postseason, and the Clippers play damn good defense. We didn't see it against the Bulls though. That's a little bit of a head scratcher. Ty Lue told me the defense was going to come back, and then Demar gave them fifty. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But if they can just get the defense. 
So uh, believe it or not, right there, I just got a canned by the storage space <laughs> on my laptop. So uh, shout out to Zoom for going ahead and cut me off mid take right there. We were evaluating the Western Conference and we had just set up our picks on three, four, three, four, five cap. I want to ask you one more question before we get out of here. And I'm going to ask you for one through four in the Eastern Conference, big man. How do you think the top of the East is going to end? It is a two and a half game gap between Philly and the Miami Heat. Bucks only a half game back. Tell me what, how you think it's going to go one through four out there. Man, I've got no clue. Let me tell you something. I'm so serious. I, Milwaukee and Boston could easily finish one. Um, I don't have a ton of faith in Miami. Philadelphia could drop out of the top four. Uh, they could just continue to suck. Chicago could surprise us all. Right? Going late really season good. surge. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Raptors, like, Raptors down to four and a half, five games back, or five games no. left. I love hypothetical questions, but holy, I don't know about this East. Like I'm so, I, I, I think the only team that I'm confident in in the East is Milwaukee, and that's it. It's my so, only. Um, I'm, I actually it. have two. Um, I'm, I, I really like the Bucks. I think the Bucks are gonna finish the one seed. I think Miami's gonna end two. I'm gonna take the Celtics at three and the Sixers at four. Um. Unfortunately for the uh, Celtics, I'm going to give you guys some bad news. Um, I did watch um, the game you played last. I want to say it was uh, the Raptors when you lost in overtime. And the great news against the Raptors lost in overtime is nobody played. Um, they rested all of their guys. No big deal. And then you came back and you played Miami and got absolutely waxed on ESPN. Waxed. Um, my issue was this was a really big game, man. This was a really big game. And you got absolutely. And I, I, I thought they would win, Kath. I don't respect Miami as much as other people do. Unfortunately, Kath, I think Robert Williams is going to come back to be very or terminal for the Celtics team. They missed him a lot in the game against yeah. the Heat. Um, what he brings on the offensive end, he's a he's, he's an A-plus rebounder. There's no doubt about it. And so, unfortunately for me, it's going to drop the Celtics ceiling just a little bit. I do really like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown going into the postseason, though. I think you've got a good one-two punch right there. As good as Giannis and Chris Middleton, as good as Kyrie and KD, absolutely not. But you've at least got a pretty good one. So, I think it'll finish one through four like that. Kath, real quick, um, I'm going to throw it over for final takes. Um, for your final take, will you say something about Bobby Wagner? Oh, yeah, the NFL. Uh, Bobby Wagner did sign with the Rams. How the hell did they get him, Calvin? Um, so this contract is so backloaded, man. Um, they, they're going to pay him. And this is what I hate about the NFL is you can pay, pay a guy, write a check, and the check doesn't hit your bank until 2026. How the hell I does know. that work? That doesn't I happen know. anywhere else in the real world. There, that doesn't happen anywhere else in the real world except on the salary cap. And so this contract's not going to hit. Kath, my question about the Rams, I think they're not paying Cooper Cup. Because every sign points to they're not going to have enough to pay Cooper Cup $32 million because that's what Cooper Cup's going to get. Are they just going to let them walk out the door? Question mark? I don't chance, know. I don't right? know, right? It doesn't make sense. Are they going to dump some of these salaries? Is Allen Robinson just going to get shipped out after a season because he signed three years? Like, they're going to have to chop up $31 million somewhere, and it'll be interesting to see. But if anybody's going to well, do it, it's going to be the Los Angeles Rams. Less need turned to Sean Jackson and, and Troy Reader into Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner. Just think <laughs> about that. Wow. Shout out to Les Snead. Oh, Best GM man. in the game. Well, he's, he's playing chess while everybody else playing checkers, man. The Rams just keep getting better. Shout out to those guys. Kath, my final take. World wait, Cup wait, draw. wait. What you got? What you got? What you got? Go ahead. Before you talk about the World Cup draw, because that did happen today, um, the Dodgers did – they so they they traded with the White Sox to swap. Oh, they got Kimbrel. Yeah. Um, opening day is in a week. Shout out MLB. We're Bro, about that's another damn good GM too. Up. 100%. 
except he doesn't have to work around a salary cap. And, well, very you know, true. Kind of I, I guess. And that LA is a, is a hell of a place. Yeah, to, absolutely. To play I take that back. You're not a very good GM. I think I could do the same job you're doing, big man. Honestly, he's just picking up and hanging on the phone. But hey, I mean, they roll off Kelly Jansen and move in Corey Kimball. I really like that, man. That's oranges, uh, also oranges right there. Uh, also, Manu Ginobili is going to uh, yeah. the Basketball Hall of Fame. Shout so. out San Antonio Spur. Six, uh, one of the greatest six men of all time, Ooh, man. What a Naismith Memorial a Basketball. Dog. Oh, and also, too, since we're still talking about Naismith, um, Coach Adams just keeps winning the Coach of the Year awards. So, yes, sir. Uh, this, this time last year, uh, exactly to this day, April 1st, 4-1, at 11 o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock in the morning, Chris Beard announced that he was going to the University of Texas. He was taking his talents down to that shithole over there. Um, by the way, I can say shithole too because I, we had a president that said that on live television, so I can say <laughs> that. Um, but, yeah, this time last year, I was I was in my dorm room about to cry because I thought we were going to absolutely suck. Uh, looks like we got the better end of the stick on that one, though, Calvin. I don't yeah, know. It's, uh, it's so. safe to say your program's in a little bit better water than UT is right so. now, big man. I, I think so. Less they're, they're, they're playing the game right now where, like, it's everybody grab a bucket and scoop water. Everybody grab a bucket and scoop water. The boat yeah. is sinking. The Less boat with is more. sinking. Less with more. And now I'll tell you, um, I, honestly, he had three really good takes right there. Bobby Wagner, the Dodgers, and Texas Tech basketball. Well done, Jonathan Kath. I'm going to give you an A-plus grade for final take today. Um, Thank you. Shout out Mark Adams. Like he, I no pushback on him winning that award, man. I got no bias towards them like Kath does. Unfortunately, he was did a phenomenal job this season. Like Kath said, uh, I'm pretty sure the the word around the country was that y'all were going to be a damn near average basketball team this year, and you competed in the Big Twelve and competed in the tournament. <laughs> I tried to give you at least a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but he's right. The media the media was not nice to them before the season. Let's safe to say, and I think that's because the media was ridiculously nice to Texas before the season, and we saw how they were completely wrong. Told you how these guys know nothing. Um, I think one of the least valuable badges you can wear right now is a press pass. So a uh, shout out to those guys just being uh, killing their value every single day. Calf, let's talk about the World Freaking Cup. I am excited. The groups came out. Honestly, um, you can't really get upset about these groups. Um, I'm one of those people who tells you any chance FIFA has to rig and rob their game, they're going to take it. Um, these groups don't look too bad for me. Um, the Qatar group looks very favorable for the host to try to get out of the group stage. But beside that, I'm incredibly happy with my USA draw. We did get Iran, England, and a playoff team. Whoever the playoff team is going to be is probably going to be Wales. Uh, not too worried about what Gareth Bale brings. Kat, I think the Americans will get round of 16 play. The reason yep, why I'm so excited too. for that is because I don't think Canada or Mexico will. I believe in Group C, which is Saudi Arabia, Poland, Mexico, and Argentina. I'm going to take Poland and Argentina to come out of that group. I think Robert Lewandowski as an individual is better than what I get from the Mexico national team. I will need Raul Jimenez to be absolutely crucial in this tournament. He's still not back to his best form quite yet. Group F, the Canadians. The Canadians find themselves in a very difficult spot with Morocco, Belgium, and Croatia. Belgium is not at the peak of their powers anymore with Eden Hazard falling out of form, but Kevin De Bruyne is still the best midfielder in the world. You look at Croatia, Luka Modric's not done doing what he does. I think even Rakitic will be back for this World Cup as well. They'll find a way to advance. Morocco's even a really good team, Kath, with Hakim Ziyech coming back to the national team. I think Canada will find themselves in a very difficult spot. That'll make me really happy, Kath. If we're the only Run it back, England! Looking- 
And we are the only team that can get out of the group stage. I'd absolutely love it. Let's talk favorite real quick before I get out of here. We're about, what, seven months away from the tournament. The tournament is in December, ladies and gentlemen. Do not forget that very important piece of information. The tournament is in December. There's so many yeah. people talking about, I can't wait for the summer. You're waiting for absolutely nothing. The tournament is in December. <laughs> the tournament is in December. Concrete that information into your brain so you don't look stupid on Twitter. There are so many people talking about how their summer's uh, built around the World Cup. The, the World oh. Cup is not in the summer, ladies and gentlemen. And I hate to break it to you guys, the World Cup's in Qatar, so you are watching these games at god-awful times. Just be prepared yep. for that element as well. Um, last thing I'm going to say, tell for you guys, two teams to watch for the tournament coming from Cal. Number one, the red and white. I think England has one of the best teams they're ever taking to a World Cup outside of Harry Maguire at center back. My other one for you is the Brazil national team. This is a team that knows how to win the World Cup. It has intentions of doing so again. It has been since 2002 since this team has done so. I think they look for a sixth title this season. The one thing I'll tell you guys about the World Cup, uh, competition is absolutely open. There are a lot of good teams in this tournament. Oh, yeah, it is going to be sure. absolutely England's really good, by the way. Really good. First time we've ever seen a team valued at a billion euros. The yeah. team value is a billion euros. So there's loaded talent. Um, one thing I'll say for you guys, um, there's going to be great money to make this December. It's going to be on France not to get out of the group stage. Y'all know the World Cup curse. Do not bet against it. It hasn't failed you in 24 years. It is not yep. going to fail you this year either. Unfortunately, France isn't even in a good group. Um, Denmark, Tunisia, and a playoff team. I don't know how they're not getting out of the group stage, but history tells me they will not be getting out of the group stage. So it's going to be a phenomenal tournament. I can't Calvin, wait. Um, what you got, big man? I have one final thing before we get. What you got? What you got? What you got? I, know got? We, I know we've got to go. But uh, so today is obviously April Fool's Day, um, and it is the day that Chris Beard did leave. I want to give a shout out to uh, this person. Um, <laughs> no, I'm so serious. I want to give a shout out to this person. She's a tech fan. Um, so whenever, when, whenever tech or whenever Texas came down, they met with Chris Beard at a McDonald's, right? Um, and they no ordered. Way. No, I'm so serious. So they ordered two McMuffins, uh, egg McMuffins. Which, by the way, if you go get breakfast at McDonald's, and you're not getting a McGriddle. You're what the problem the hell are you in doing? America. The egg you're the problem. Uh, so they got two egg McMuffins, and then they got um, a coffee. So this one tech fan, uh, her name is uh, Jody Lauder. I follow her. She's awesome. She Uber Eats. Uh, she got on Uber Eats, and so she sent two egg McMuffins and a coffee uh, to the the doorstep of the UT athletics building. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she, she tipped, she tipped $4 and 10 cents. <laughs> I think, is that what she, is that what she tipped? I think she tipped, uh, no, she started, she tipped 421. Sorry. Isn't that awesome? Chris Del, Con Chris Del Conte, CDC, he did come out. Oh, he, my God. He said, appreciate the hospitality, y'all. Got to love a solid egg McMuffin followed by a cup of Joe or two. I don't know what that means. I don't know what a cup of Joe it, or two well, is. Well, it probably means that he's going to take tickets away from their fans again. Uh, hold this L, though, CDC. That's cold. Hold this that's fat cold L. Uh, We're 4-1 and one against you in major sports <laughs> with a little brother. Okay, bro. How about you win a couple of games and quit talking about how you won a national championship in sports that don't matter, number Inside one, and then number track. two, yeah, in the sports that do matter. Quit having to go back to 1970 before my father was even born. Can we quit doing that, please? Nobody cares about 50 years Bro, ago. Bro, let me tell you, the only uh, – let me tell you, don't get me wrong. And, fan, <laughs> and, and sports fans are doing that too. Well, we won, we, well, we won one in, in, in 1878. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I want to tell you, but I don't care about it. So 
Let's I'm quit talking you, bro, about it. If your title don't got a two at the beginning, man, I do not care, man. I do not care. Chicago Bulls fan, that goes for you. Uh, one thing I'm going to tell you guys, uh, I'm going to say two things before we get out of here. First, we're going to stop talking mean shit about UT. And the other thing is we're going to stop cussing right here on Inside the Lunch Table. Both of those are April Fool's jokes. Neither of them are going to happen. We are going to keep bashing on UT as much as we can. Um, real quick, I want to shout out uh, Mike Grigsby. Mike Grigsby, you listened to my last episode and you came and gave me some heat for my language. I absolutely love you, Big Mike. Uh, Big Mike was the, I was what, let's see. I want to say I was 13 years old when I met Mike Grigsby. And the first thing Mike Grigsby told me is, listen, you're going to be a respectable individual and you're going to stop cussing like a sailor. And still to this day, I'm a respectable individual and I'm still cussing like a sailor. So I think Mike Grigsby had a little bit of success. You got to take your wins where you can get them, big man. He you was one for two right there. That's a good day at the plate, if you ask me. <laughs> hey, if you're in 500 in the MLB, you're going to the Absolutely. Hall of Fame. So shout out to Mike Grigsby, man. We appreciate all the love that's coming into the podcast, guys. Y'all keep listening. Keep checking us out. Do all that fun stuff we talked about. Go to Twitter. Go leave a review. Do all of that good stuff. Tell somebody, listen with us. Y'all go send next to one of your friends, plug an earbud into his ear, make him listen to us too, him or whoever it is. Make sure they join us. We appreciate all the love, guys. We will be right back here on Monday on Inside the Lunch Table.